We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Well, you heard it. All right. That's right. All right. It's time for another edition of The Connection here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm Ann Baldwin, along with Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, president and CEO of The Connection. And, you know, whenever we have a meaningful guest, of which we have many, many, many. We love to give um, them an opportunity to come back on because, as we all know, life can change in a matter of minutes, if not months and and years. And one of our favorite guests uh, has been Blaine McKay. And Blaine is back on the program. And Lisa, I know you and Blaine have got a lot to talk about, and we all have a lot to talk about. So, Blaine, welcome back to the program. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy, 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 happy. Yeah, well, <laughs> not really. You know, I can't do We're that. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying. Mr. McKay, uh, or Blaine McKay, was uh, served mm-hmm. a 10-year sentence, correct, uh, for yep. a crime that was committed. And you've really taken that and turned that into your life's work helping others. So that's really the premise of this conversation, and I don't think it could come at a more appropriate time you know, in our lives or in our country. So thank you for being here. And and if you don't mind me asking, I know while you and Lisa were chatting before the show started, you've also been um, personally impacted by COVID. Yep. On, um, on a couple, a couple of different times. Um, so uh, you've all met my, um, my fiance, LaShonda. Yes. Um, yes. Was at the golf lovely, lovely she, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she came with me to the golf the, I guess the uh, the fundraiser we had the golf tournament, and um, unfortunately, she lost her mother to COVID in July. Mm. Her mother was That's a so nurse hard. working in. Yeah, her mother was a nurse taking care of people with COVID when it first happened, and um, it got her. And um, oh, so sorry. You know, something to just be up close and personal on and dealing with. Um, it, it, it was so hopeful at times, and then. At times, you didn't know what was happening, and and uh, put it like this, they uh, I kind of feel like the doctors and the hospitals was 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 trying to figure it out with a lot of people in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen so many different types of ways they try to combat this COVID. They use the antibodies, and they 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 they, they did a number of different things. And in the end of it all, she could have got better, but a body got tired 
it had got to the point where the COVID had left her, but it had ravaged her lungs so much that she couldn't survive. You know, for everybody, this has been one big mystery and one big experiment. And now with the vaccines yeah. and, and stage, you know, one of with the vaccines the and, and stage and, two. And, and, and it's, 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 awesome. it's not awesome, but just talking with Lisa about the climate of the country with the, you know, the political climate, the, the racial climate, the economics and everything else. And, and now they got the vaccine out here. I'm scared of the vaccine. I'm scared to take it. I don't know what to think. Mm-hmm. I really don't know what to think. But how long will that take? <laughs> you know, and I, I get you know, I give you I a lot know. of I give you a lot of credit credit blame for saying that because I feel the same way. And it's I mean a, a conspiracy theory maybe has <laughs> been built into my head over years and years and years and years and years not to trust this, not to trust that. I, I don't trust it. I don't know I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? And Lisa, this is a man who's saying that after losing his, you know, his fiance's mother mm-hmm. to to the disease. So, and there is a lot of reluctance out there. Um, so, yeah. w- like I said in the beginning, we don't know what we don't know. And but what are we going to be faced with? What quality of your life will we have if we don't do something? Um, do you think this is right. I don't like what's going on right now in my life. I don't like the fact that you're not in here looking me in the eyeballs. I'm not liking the fact that Lisa's not sitting across from me. And that's not even to mention, you know, day to day life with families and loved ones and events and landmark moments. You're but right. anyway, um, right. so talk a little bit about um, what you've been doing recently, Blaine. We've talked about this before and you're giving back and, and work, working with sober houses and trying to this. I know mm-hmm. as a person myself in recovery. Um, this has been a huge challenge, trying to stay sober in the midst of all the crap <laughs> that surrounds us. And so what are you doing to help people stay on the right path? Um, you know, I've always had a, a, a real good relationship with the community as far as recovery is concerned, uh, dealing with you guys and, 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 and Prosperity House, Prosperity House um, um, signed me out of the halfway house when it was time for me to be released, and that's the Dear Sober House. And as a result of that, uh, dealing with, uh, with, with, with Mr. Barry, uh, Mr. Barry Diamond, uh, going back mm-hmm. into the connections, teaching classes, financial literacy classes and whatnot, I just you know just kind of been involved a lot. The opportunity was afforded to me to help manage one of the sober houses. It started with $100 a week. She paid me, the lady that, 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 the founder of Prosperity House is going to give me $100 a week just to screen some phone calls and, and, and maybe go to one or two of the house meetings and, and take notes. That turned into an opportunity where she wanted to sell it, and I had the money to sell it. Then it turned to an opportunity for me and her to start another house on our own. I was able to get my hands on a couple bucks, and we started the second Prosperity House, which is in Hamden, 367 Circular Avenue in Hamden. It's a house. I got I got seven guys in the house. It's been up and running for like a year. I just renewed the lease for another three years. And we're looking into another house. As a matter of fact, there's another house on the, on the on, in the works for Prosperity House. But um, I'm looking to do one of my own. I've learned enough. Um, I'm a partner on this house in particular. Not saying that I'm Prosperity House, but on this property, me and her are 50-50, and I'm looking to do another house, possibly for women, because there's such a need for women out here. 
Oh, absolutely. There's, there's so much going on. To, but it's, it's, it's a tricky one with the, dealing with women and, and, and transitional sober living. You got to be real careful. <laughs> you got to be careful with men well, and women when you're transitioning them. Well, I got to tell you, Blaine, something. Put down that broom idea. It sounds like that that venture might not have worked, but you're heading in another venture that's working, and it sounds like you're following your passion at the same time. So to me, that's yeah, a, I am. that's a blessing. Blaine, you're so great about giving back to the general population. I mean, I'm really, I think you're so powerful um, for you to. Uh, give back and to realize that there's such a need for um, sober housing. There is yeah. such a huge need for sober housing for yeah. women. Yeah. It is a yeah. massive gap in our system. It really, really is. Um, and then I've been able to create a really good relationship with Continuum of Care, which is TAP, a transitional access program. Um, I attend those meetings on the first and um, third uh, uh, Wednesday of the month. As a matter of fact, there was somebody there from Connection that was in the meeting on yesterday. Um, it's, it's a good thing. And right now, uh, uh, TAP is able to scholarship beds in the Hampton area. Before, they only did um, New Haven. But right now, they got uh, funds to be able to help out with guys in Hampton. And that's why we're looking to do my next project is here in, New ha- in Hampton. It's, it's a really unique opportunity. It's really, really nice. So, Blaine, for our listeners out there, talk a little bit. We've talked a lot about sober housing. And between you and Lisa, if you could kind of educate folks on, you know, someone, where where are they at? What's the first step they take in maintaining their sobriety from drugs or alcohol? And, and the transition that happens, the continuum of care from maybe going to the emergency room to, you know, the different steps in sobriety that actually can end you in a sober house. Mm-hmm. So so continuing care, they do a number of different things. Their thing is really to try to get people off the street. Um, if they land, uh, okay, we got, I got presented with a, with a guy, he wound up being homeless living in his, in his, in his car. He had nowhere to go. And, and when they see people that it is just really have nowhere to go, they can, they can allocate funds for them immediately. But, a lot of times when people come off the streets like that, they're not clean. They're not clean. And and they might wind up in a different situation than in the sober house that I have. But the continual care will actually pay for them a room or something just to get them off the street. And then there's other levels of, 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 of what we're talking about where people have treatment verification that they might have just left from the Roger Sherman house looking for a place or what have you, what have you. Um, and, and we can afford them like that through tap. I can also do, like, if I know somebody's coming home, I can say, well, somebody's about to, you know, lead, lead a sober, uh, lead a halfway house. I, I, I'll go and present them, and and they'll vote on it to see whether or not they can come into the house. So there's a couple of different levels. Uh, sometimes it doesn't fall on whether or not somebody is staying clean or not. I mean, they're just trying to get people out the street for tap. Right. And Lisa, you talk about the, how important the individualized care is, because that was probably a tough question for Blaine to answer, because everybody is so different. Some people might need to go into right. a detox. Some people, you right. know, might need other services to wrap around them to get them to a certain point. And that's really what the connection is all about, is is 
if you don't offer those services, you have the allies and the neighbors and the people in the community that can. So talk a little bit about how that is working so well in our communities here in Connecticut. You know, um, it's really important to provide services for um, folks that are um, struggling with alcohol and addiction. Um, we see it, we see it every day. The, this is what brought me to the connection, and I've said this before, is a lack of treatment back in the oh, I'm dating myself back back in the um, 80s. Uh, lack of treatment programs, especially for women, uh, gender-specific program for men and women, why the two populations should not, co- should not coexist in the same treatment program at the same time because issues that both men and women are dealing with are very different, uh, what causes them typically to use um, and, and get high and why, you know, to drink and drug. But, you know, the work, you know, sicking someone, uh, incarcerating someone isn't the end-all, be-all, and, and nor is, you know, going to outpatient every day may not be what people need. What people need, um, aside from that, is a safe place to live. They need to be, they need to feel respected. They need to build safe, uh, self-esteem. No one chooses to use, drug and, to, to use drugs and alcohol. Um, there's usually a precipitating event that causes people to turn to drugs and alcohol, um, and, you know, it's a serious problem. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. We see this by the number of wait lists that we have um, throughout the state of Connecticut, and thank God that Connecticut, you know, has as many treatment programs as it does. But truthfully, I am a big proponent of residential programming because I feel that um, from the research that we've done and what I see is, you know, people need to, you know, bond with other people that are, you know, also struggling with with drugs and alcohol. They need to be able to focus on their issues. Um, they need to be able to then have a have a safe place to live and get supportive services wrapped mm-hmm. around. Because addiction is a lifelong pro- addiction doesn't go away. You're not cured right. like a ham. You know, it's like you know right. people think, well, you know, I'm cured now. No, you're not. Um, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing, you know, work and work in progress. We all are a work in progress. We are, every single person is one step away from making a bad decision and going off the rails. People can say their life is together and they're perfect. It's not true. And, you know, you need, you need, right, you need to get support. You need to surround yourself with people who, um, support you, but you also need to, you know, build self-esteem and, Everyone, you know, wants to be a good individual. No one is, you know, typically born bad. They're in situations that they didn't, you know, people didn't sign up to, you know, for example, to be in a household where there's alcohol and drugs and abuse and things going on. And with all the years I've been doing this work, you know, 40 years, um, I, I can't believe I'm really dating myself. I'm, I'm admitting that my age, but, you know, 40 years working in the field, I've seen every walk of life. I've seen every economic class of people come in to the to the wealthiest, the wealthiest of families, you know, bringing their child in that has addiction problems to people that are, you know, people that, you know, don't have, you know, weren't, didn't have, you know, privilege and didn't have, you know, things in their life um, that are coming in with the same exact issues. There is no difference. And right. um, I think... Right, you you know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah, you, the, well, you know, the, the difference is how bad they want it, how bad they want to work towards making a difference. That's where the difference lies. And for me, I mean, 
like you said, you got people that have uh, different economic statuses, education, all of that. But how bad do they want to get better? Right. And, 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 and that's where it all ties in at. Blaine, let me ask you this. Now, As someone who spent 10 years of incarceration, um, I'm pretty familiar with the correction system. My, my dad was a CEO for years, so he was on the other side of the bars, but probably should have been on the other side. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, you could have come, come out of there bitter as opposed to better. Um, what do you think is it that kind of clicked in you to make you want to give, get involved and give back and get involved in sober housing and helping other individuals? One of the things I did was I prioritized and I prayed on it. And I knew I had to work on my relationship. I don't know how people feel about God and all that stuff. I know I had to put him first. And then I had to make sure I'm straight after that. And then the next thing I saw was the eyes of all my children. How are they going to be looking at me and how I'm going to be looking at them? And that right there, that was it right there. I said, I got to do something or I'm going to be doing nothing at all. <laughs> and I've been blessed. I've been so blessed for me not to try to do the best I can. <laughs> I'm just, I'll be a waste of skin. What am I here for? You know, I mean, what are we, what are we really here for? What are we, what are we doing with our time? I mean, what are we doing? You know, right? And, and we is, know that you know, you're you're spending a lot of time. Difference. You're spending a lot of time homeschooling your daughter now. But let's also face it: the right. rec- recidivism rate um, is also pretty high. Why do you think you have that attitude and others don't? What can other people do to to look at things differently? Well, for, for me. When, when when my recidivism, I think my recidivism rate went down because I didn't have anybody enabling me when I was incarcerated, making it easy for me. A lot of guys, they go to, you know, they go in and, you know, there's always somebody make sure they're straight with that, they're straight with this, straight with it. And, and they come out and they don't take it seriously and they go right back. But when you get a certain age, like like me, for instance, and there's nobody out there to help you out, and you need to take care of your family and yourself and whatnot, it's time to make a change. It's just scared the life out of me. Plus, I didn't want to grow old alone mm. <laughs> on top of all of that. So I'm, I'm 55 years old. I'll be 56 years old my next birthday. And I just, I just don't have the time for it. Somebody younger might look at things a little differently, so, you know. Certain educations and, and, and can afford people to, you know, I don't know, to create a something that's not really real if they're not willing to work at it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to explain, I guess. But for me, my motivation was uh, myself and my children and my age. <laughs> Nothing's, nothing's promising nobody around here. Okay, we got Lisa and I got to stop you about talking about this age thing because you're 56. <laughs> you're 56. I'm older than both of you guys. No, 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 no. Right, Lisa? So, oh, no, I'm you're older not. Than both of you. Lisa, that's turned, what, 20, 25 last week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. You. Hey. I, if only. We both just joined. You 25 again. Right. And know everything I know today. Wow. Holy smokes. Yeah, we we oh, both joined the. I know one thing. Both both, both of you guys look great. I know that much. Both of you guys look great. Period. Well, and thank you, Blaine. But we both joined the sixty club this year, so 
Uh, so we're Holy both, smoke. yeah, we're both in the same boat, mm-hmm. but, but we work at it, right? Lisa, we're trying to work at it. That's all we can do. Okay. Well, it's just so mm-hmm. great. It's so yeah, great. It's a number. It's a number. You got to, you have, you have to keep your mind. That's why I had my son at 42. I'm saying th- I got to keep, I have to keep, you know what, that, that is, it, you know, when you talk about your, when you talk about your children, I have to say my son just turned 18, the love and heart of my life. Every, I mean, he is everything to me. Hands down, uh, I see the world so much through his eyes. Um, I do, you know, it's, you're going to think, oh, it's a typical mother bragging, but he is a good human being. He doesn't, you know, he's very, you know, uh, very tuned into what's happening in the world today. Um, he, um, he, you know, loves, he's got some, you know, he's an only child. He's an amazing group of friends that are every ethnic race that there is. He calls them, they're his brothers. Um, they support each other. Um, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, my, my son said to me the other day, Mom, can you imagine um, what's ha- what the, the kids of these kids, the, you know, the younger, younger kids that are, you know, homeschool and how hard that is and they're not socially interacting. Imagine the anxiety. Imagine the problems that they could potentially face when they get older because of the way that the world is and the way things are. And, you know, it's, it's always interesting, right, Blaine, to see the world through mm-hmm. your child's eyes. Um, because in some ways they're not as um, they haven't they haven't experienced some of the hate and and pain and things that you go through as an adult really to make you who you are and the way that they see the world sometimes they simplify you know they can simplify stuff they they can simplify and they see beauty in things that you know maybe that we've you know, it's been hard for us to see. And so um, I think that, you know, it's, 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 a tough, it's a tough world to navigate. But people like you that are able to, you know, go through incarceration, come out, give back to society, change your, change your life, you know, show people that, you know, uh, why it's important to, you know, get your life together and um, to be grateful for certain things and to help individuals is really amazing to me. You know, we, that's why we love having you on the show because you want to give back and you want to, you see the gaps in the system, right? You mm-hmm. talk about sober housing and how important that is. And I know so many people that have gone through sober housing that have been able to, you know, change their lives and impact, the, you know, the community and society. And I think that that really says a lot about, um, you know, who you are. And I'm really, I'm really grateful for you know, the things that you're doing right now. I have to, apl- I have to applaud you. I do. In fact, I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, you, you got me over here blushing over here. I'm turning purple. <laughs> no, but you're making the world a better place. This is my point is that, right. you know, I hope folks listening are understand that, you know, we need to stop criticizing our brothers and sisters and, Stop, you know, labeling people and stop, you know, oh, this person is this because they were incarcerated or this person. No, we're all right. We're all human beings. Um, we do, People are able to change and give back to the world. And what you're doing to me, I mean, you had two choices, right? You could have said, you know, screw it and, and stay on a bad path or you could change your life and change other people's lives and help them to prevent certain paths that maybe you walked on or things that you experienced. Not yeah. everybody in the world does that. People are selfish. Right. People don't exactly. do the things that you're doing. And, and, I'm, and that's and, why and, I'm and, grateful. 
And I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, if somebody thinks I'm making some money off of doing this, if I got five, ten of these things going on, maybe. But right now, um, if this thing is takes care of these guys, um, then by the grace of God, I haven't missed a, a lease agreement payment or the cable, the, the light, the gas, all of the bills have been paid. But if somebody thinks I'm walking away with a chunk of change at the end of it all, no. Well, Lisa, if that doesn't say it all, I don't know what does. It's not for the money. It's for doing the right thing for the right people that, that need the help. And we also want to mention to our listeners, if you want more information on The Connection or any of their programs, we urge you to go to theconnectioninc.org. That's theconnectioninc.org. Org. Lisa, it's been great talking with you again. Again, Blaine McKay, thank you for always being an inspiration to our both Lisa and myself and to our listeners. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.